right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's have faith right now that God heard our cry. Let's have faith right now that God heard our cry, that God answered our prayer. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for praying. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I do want to announce, please do continue to pray for Sister Dusso's aunt. I do want to uh, announce that on this coming Sunday, following our Sunday morning service, we're going to have an afternoon of food, fun, and fellowship. Uh, those all go together quite well. Amen. And uh, as we enjoy this fall season, uh, it's going to be a fall festival. Amen. You catch that? A fall festival. It's going to be uh, kind of like a tailgate event. So you'll want to, uh, you'll want to uh, bring everything that your family will need uh, to enjoy. A Sunday dinner outside, food and beverages, uh, lawn chairs, cozy blanket, uh, whatever you'll need for that. Uh, also, we do want you to know that the uh, Tree of Life Youth Group, the branch, will be selling grilled hot dogs, chips, fruit, bottled water, a few additional items, and all of those proceeds will go uh, to support the youth department. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there's still time to enter your prize-winning chili in the cook-off competition. Uh, there'll be games for the kids, cornhole competitions, volleyball, a bake sale, amen, live music. It's going to be a perfect Sunday afternoon uh, for a nice fall day, and we're going we're gonna to look forward to that. So do please plan on that on Sunday morning. Uh, the service will be kind of like a business casual, uh, casual, and uh, we would want you to, to look forward to that. So we're going to have a great time on Sunday. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Didn't we have a great time this past Sunday in the house of the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to be able to uh, celebrate all nations. In fact, the Bible speaks so much about uh, all nations. And uh, I love so many of the admonitions of praise are directed to the nations of the earth. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. And uh, we give God praise uh, that we're able to, to reach, reach the world. That's our, that is our goal as the body of Christ is to reach the world. And I, I really want to talk to you about uh, reaching uh, people, reaching the world. We're going to continue our lesson on sowing the seed, reaping the harvest. But tonight we're going to be talking about it from the standpoint of personal evangelism. Personal evangelism. Everybody say personal evangelism. What we mean when we say personal evangelism, we mean evangelism on a personal basis. You know, when you bring people to the house of God and they experience a worship service and they experience the preaching or the teaching of the word of the Lord, that is so important because there is a unique environment that develops, an atmosphere that develops when the collective body of Christ comes together to praise God. God visits us differently when we all come together. How many have found that to be the case? You can have a glorious time in prayer in your living room. You can have a glorious time in prayer and worship, hearing the word of the Lord. We encourage you to tune into the podcast. We encourage you to fill your mind with the word of God uh, on a personal level. 
and God can visit you there. And yet, as beautiful as that visitation is, it's different than when God visits us all together. And, and, and it's, almost like God, it's almost like God so appreciates all of us coming together that he kind of just shows up and shows out. And it only makes sense. I mean, the book of Isaiah chapter 6 says that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. That means the hem of his garment. That actually literally is translated the hem of his garment. How awesome is that? The hem of his garment fills the temple. And then he saw angels. He saw seraphims. And the Bible says that one seraphim said to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the voice of one seraphim, the posts of the door were moved and, the, and smoke filled the temple of the Lord. That's what happens when just one angel begins to praise God and his holiness. Imagine what happens when, when not just one, but two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight and nine. And we're, we're having over 400 people here on, on Sunday. So when, when, when four, over 400 people are all praising God together, there's something amazing that happens. More than the posts of the door are moved, but chains are broken. Prison doors are, are moved. Hallelujah. That's what happens when we all come together uh, to worship the Lord. So, so when, you, when you witness to somebody and you bring them to the house of God, that's a very good thing. That's a wonderful thing. And you should do that. You should continue to do that. And, and we want to be committed as a congregation. That when they get here, they're going to find a tree of life. We want to be committed as a congregation. That when they arrive, they're going to meet friendly people who want to build friendships and relationships. And we want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to, we want, if they have a preconceived notion about Christians, we want to take that preconceived notion. If it's a negative one, we want to take it out of the equation. And we want to be a light of the world and be somebody that, uh, that the Lord would, would, would trust with the souls of, of this earth. So it's very important that we understand it's, it's very needful that we bring people to the house of God. Let them experience worship. Let them experience uh, the power of God moving among his people. And I have found uh, sometimes when people come into a Pentecostal service for the first time, it's a little terrifying. How many were terrified the first time you came into a Pentecostal service? I can't raise my hand because I don't remember the first time I came to a Pentecostal service. So I can't all together relate. And I know many of you cannot relate. But some of you remember when you first walked in and that first person who took off shouting next to you uh, made you feel like, I don't know if I need to be here or not. And, uh, and yet there was something that drew you back. And there was something that, that kept bringing you back because of the fact that it's real. It's real. This Pentecostal blessing I know, I know is real. Hallelujah. And it, and it has an impact on the lives of the people who experience it. And, uh, and, and yet, we want to make sure that, that when people come, that they encounter a Christ-like congregation. Sometimes people, it takes them a really long time. 
to get somebody to agree to come to the house of God. So, so don't, uh, don't let yourself be a stumbling block when they arrive. But instead of being a stumbling block, be a stepping stone, be an open door, be an individual that can encourage them to come back to the house of God. You, you, you don't know the amount of prayer that went into getting them here. You don't know the amount of tears that have been shed to get them here and how many times they've been witnessed to and, and what they're going through in their personal lives. And so we want each of us to be a congregation that, that is invested in personal evangelism. But sometimes we can't quite get them here to the house of God. Sometimes we can't get them through the door. And I'll say this, even if they do make it through the front door, that is no guarantee that they're going to stay. We have to be diligent about our father's business and his business is reaching the lost. Jesus said the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. God is focused on reaching the lost. That is why he was manifest in the flesh. He is focused on reaching the lost. That's what the cross was all about. Reaching the lost. Hallelujah. Providing a way for salvation. A way of escape out of the stranglehold of death and damnation. And he has empowered us to be the ones to do that. We are commissioned by God to reach the lost. I want you to know that it is not, it is not something that we, uh, that we take lightly. It's not something that we have an option of doing. But it is something we are commanded of the Lord to do. He explained it to us before he ascended on high. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. I want to explain something to you. Sometimes it is a real test of our belief in damnation as to whether or not we will be active and involved in personal evangelism. If we really believe in this thing called damnation, we have to be ever so focused on reaching the lost. What we do here at Tree of Life Church is, is all in vain if we are not focused on reaching the lost. Every time we open this Bible, every time we stand behind this pulpit, every time we engage in ministry on any level and in any way, it is to reach the lost of this world. And we'll reach them wherever they are. Wherever they are in life, whatever they're going through in, in their personal life, we are committed to reaching them with the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll begin at a very young age. We want them in the womb to be hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, and you bring you go ahead and come on to the house of God and let that baby in the womb hear the word of God going forth. Hallelujah. And, and bring them up in the, in the Sunday school. Bring them up in preteen. Bring them up 
in youth group. Bring them up and let them flourish in life through, through the ministries of the church. And be a person who they can look to and see as a shining example of Jesus Christ. And it is our intent, it is our purpose, it is our cause, it is our calling, it is the great commission. Go into all the world. This is why we support missionaries. When missionaries come to Tree of Life Church, we support them. We take up love offerings and we give them love offerings because they have dedicated their life to taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole world. And they, they are... Uh, in need of support, and Tree of Life Church supports missions throughout the world that they go and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, some go, and some go by giving. Amen. And so this is, this is what it is all about. We are not here to just have good services. We are not here just to get our praise on. We are not here to feel good about ourselves alone. We are here to reach the lost. We have to make that abundantly clear. We exist for the sole purpose of reaching the lost in this world. You and I have to understand the reason we're here is because we were lost but now we're found. Is there anybody that remembers that about yourself? That you were lost but now you're found? Do you remember that you were blind, but now you see? And to him that is given much, that, that you, it is required much of you. If you have freely received, freely give. Hallelujah. And, and, and give the gospel of Jesus Christ to anybody and everybody. Hallelujah. We are commissioned to preach the gospel. And so we're going to talk about personal evangelism. First of all, I want to, uh, I want to talk about some ways... That the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is spoken, preached, and demonstrated. First of all, I want to talk to you about uh, personal evangelism by example. By example. If you're living like a heathen, it's going to be hard for people to receive the gospel from you. Because they're going to look at your life and say, they're no better off than I am. I don't want a gospel. That doesn't change me. Let me tell you, people are looking for change. We don't need to change the gospel and try to make it something that, that people are, uh, give it to them in a way that, that requires no change in them. That's not what the gospel is about. The gospel actually is something that will change us to the uttermost. It will change everything about us. It will move in us and and. And it will consume us. And, and you don't have to force that on people. You just let the gospel be the gospel. And so the first thing that you do is you, you preach the gospel by example. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 2. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2. Listen to what Paul tells the church at Corinth. You are, are our epistle. You are our epistle. Written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, 
to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The Apostle Paul said, you are our epistles, and you are known of all men, and you are read of all men. You know the Bible says in Psalm 90 that our lives are spent as a tale that is told. Our years are spent as a tale that is told. Every one of our lives is, is like a tale that is being told. So you're a book and I'm a book. And how we live is what people can read when they look upon our life. So what are they reading when they look at you? Are they reading... God forbid, a tabloid? Are they reading the sports page? Are they reading the business section? Or are they reading the Word of God? Are they reading the epistles of the Lord? Think about that. You are our epistle. Now you think about the epistles. The epistles are the letters that were written from the apostles to the church to strengthen them. To edify them. You know how we know about spiritual warfare? The epistles. It was the epistle of Ephesians. The epistle to Ephesians. The church at Ephesus. That taught us about spiritual warfare. It was the second epistle to the church at Corinth. That taught us about spiritual warfare. It was the epistle to the Philippian church. That taught us how to think on these things. These epistles were... Were the ones, were, were the tools used to communicate how to walk with God, how to live for God, how to walk in the Spirit. It was the epistle to the church at Galatia that taught how to overcome the flesh and how to live in the Spirit. So when Paul says that you are our epistles, he's saying that your life is supposed to demonstrate. Spiritual warfare. Your life is supposed to demonstrate. Think on these things. Your life, how you act, how you react, how you talk, how you handle yourself, how you treat people, how you refrain from mistreating people. These are all teachings that are Delivered to people, whether you think of it that way or not, you are teaching with every word you speak, with every action you take, with every decision you make, you are teaching. How about we teach the gospel? How about we live repentance? You know, see, some people, you got to understand, baptism in Jesus' name is an event. It is a, an event that occurs in your life, but it is not to be a one-time experience and then never to be, and never to be uh, exemplified again. See, when we're baptized in Jesus' name, how many know we're immersed? That means dunked. We're baptized. We're buried. You're to stay buried. There's a lot of people who believe in immersion but live like they were sprinkled. No, that, that old man's supposed to stay in the water. That old man's walking around. You got zombies walking around. Sometimes it looks like a zombie apocalypse. 
going on because the old man keeps coming up, walking out of the tank. No, no, no. Get buried. Stay buried. Live Acts 2.38. Live repentant from sin. Live immersed in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Live full of the Holy Ghost. Each by example. Let your example declare. Let me tell you something. They don't care what you profess if your life does not back it up. You can call yourself Christian all day. If you're not talking like a Christian, then, then, then you have no moral authority to speak on behalf of Christ. But my Bible tells me that he has made us able ministers of the New Testament. You, you are an able minister of the New Testament. I am an able minister of the New Testament. I am full of the Holy Ghost. I can speak about the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't have to have a microphone in my hand when I do it. I don't have to be standing behind a pulpit when I do it. I don't have to give a text and a title. I can declare the power of the Holy Ghost by the way I treat people, by the way I act and react, by places I don't go. By places I refuse to enter into when everybody else is entering into those places. Live full of the Holy Ghost. Live baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Showcase the glory of God. The Bible says we've been called out of darkness into His marvelous light that we may show forth His praises. Oh, hallelujah. I want to show forth his praises. I want my life to show forth that God can wash away every sin stain. I want my life to show forth that God can give joy in the midst of sorrow. I want to show forth the fact, hallelujah, the testimony that God can give me peace in the midst of my storm. So you, you lead and you, you minister and you personally evangelize by example. I want, to, I want to also point out from Acts chapter 8, I want to bring to your attention a, a beautiful passage of scripture that talks about personal evangelism. Now, now the, Acts, the book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles. These are the deeds of the apostles. This book will show you how to do it. How to get it done. Acts chapter 8. We're talking about a man by the name of Philip. Philip is an evangelist. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. In verse 26. Saying, Arise, go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. He arose and went, behold, a man of Ethiopia. He was an eunuch, and he was of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He had the charge of all her treasury. He had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning, sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Now that is interesting. He is a man of Ethiopia, but he came to Jerusalem to worship, and he's reading Isaiah the prophet. This man is searching. This man has left his comfort zone. He has traveled all the way to Jerusalem from Ethiopia. He is searching for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is sitting in his chariot and he's reading Isaiah the prophet. And the Bible says 
and as we read on, verse 29, the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. I want to talk to you about joining yourself to somebody's journey. Now, Philip was an evangelist. Here at Tree of Life Church, we are blessed with a profound minister of evangelism, Brother Fazel Colbert. Hallelujah. Brother Fazel Colbert is one of the most, I think that's in order. Go ahead. Give thanks unto the Lord. Brother Fazel Colbert, I've seen evangelists at work all throughout my ministry. I've never seen anybody more anointed for evangelism than Brother Fazel Colbert. He is teaching on the second week of January. I'm honored to be able to, to, to join in myself, Brother Fazel Colbert. Brother Mike Easter will be back with us. How many remember, remember no vision, no victory? Amen. Brother Mike Easter will be with us. We're going to be teaching a home Bible study workshop. I don't even know if I can explain to you how blessed Tree of Life Church is to be able to have that kind of opportunity made available to us. And if you uh, would like to further yourself in personal evangelism, you absolutely have to sign up for that home Bible study workshop. There is a cost involved. It pays for a syllabus. It pays for speaker's notes. It will bless you infinitely and it will bless the people to whom you minister I'm reading about Philip the evangelist and I'm looking at brother Fazel Colbert the evangelist who ministers just the way Philip was ministering to this man who was sitting in this chariot reading Isaiah the prophet the Lord said join yourself to this chariot when we talk about home Bible studies we're talking about joining ourselves to someone's journey they're on a journey. They've been to Jerusalem. They're searching for God. They're reading their Bible. But they don't know what it is that they're reading. And so when, when Philip is told, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, the Spirit said unto Philip, join yourself to this chariot. I wonder how many times the Spirit said that to us and we were too carnal to listen. You know where that word carnal comes from? It comes from the word, we use that C-A-R-N, it deals with flesh. It's the same word we use for carnivore, flesh eating. It's the same word we use for carnival, fleshly, carnal. Sometimes we're too fleshly, and the Spirit is, is speaking, 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 but we're so full of the flesh, we're not hearing that the Lord is saying, go near and join yourself to this chariot. They're on a journey. I want you to go near and join yourself to them and speak to them. And Philip walks over to the Ethiopian eunuch, and he sees that he's reading Isaiah the prophet. Now, I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you're, going to, if you're going to reach for souls, there are two things you need to do. One, pray. Everybody say pray. Because everything starts with prayer. And everything, everything ends with prayer. And two, know your Bible. 
You say, uh-oh, that cancels me out. No, it doesn't. Don't be afraid of that. Know your Bible. Start now. And, and if you don't know the answer to something, then that's okay. You don't know the answer to it. You don't have to be, you don't have to be a theologian scholar, but you do need to be able to testify of Jesus. You need to get close to God. And I'm going to tell you, if you'll pray and read your Bible, you will have an urgency of reaching the lost. And so Philip is, is joining himself to this chariot. The Spirit said unto him, join yourself to this chariot. He joins himself to the journey of this, of this a eunuch from Ethiopia. And he sees that he's reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you understand what it is that you're reading? The man said, how can I understand except some man should guide me? Philip began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now here's what I want tree of life to be able to do I want in the name of Jesus I want every member of the tree of life church to be able to begin at what wherever somebody is and preach unto them Jesus now he happened to be reading from Isaiah the prophet but I'm going to tell you it didn't matter where he was reading Philip would have still preached unto him Jesus he had been reading about the, 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 the rock that water came out of, or if he had been reading about the rock Jacob laid his head on, or if he had been reading about the rock that David used to kill Goliath, or if he had been reading about the rock hewn out of the mountain without hands, Philip would have still preached Jesus. If he had been reading about the lion that Samson killed or the lion that David killed or the lions that didn't eat Daniel or the lion of the tribe of Judah, Philip would have began at wherever he was and preached Jesus. You don't have to be a, a theologian, but you do need to be able to preach Jesus anywhere, anytime, any place, about anything. And I'm going to tell you, you can see his message everywhere, anywhere. It's all throughout the Old Testament. Oh, hallelujah. And if they're not, and if they're not reading Isaiah the prophet, and they're off in some far left field, they're searching, but they're not searching the scriptures, then just start where you are. And preach Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what he did for me. Can somebody remember what he did for you? Do you remember how he picked you up? Do you remember how he turned you around? Do you remember how he touched your soul? Do you remember how he wiped the tears from your eyes? Do you recall what Jesus has done for you hallelujah is there a testimony in this house of how he cleared the confusion of how he stepped into your family's circumstances hallelujah you've got a testimony ladies and gentlemen and your testimony won't just defeat the devil in your life but your testimony will reach into somebody else's life and start fighting their devil personal evangelism is not a difficult thing and, and I know people feel limited in their gifting sometimes I think it's just not me I, I, I don't have that kind of personality and I understand all that I, I really understand all that I'm, I'm a, actually a very shy person I'm actually stage fright now I'm getting nervous y'all made me nervous 
when the anointing of God comes upon you, hallelujah, you can exalt Jesus without fear. Hallelujah. There are not a lot of things I would get up and talk about because I don't feel like I'm an authority on those things. But I don't have to, I don't have to stand on my authority. I can stand on his authority. Hallelujah. Now I feel confident because I'm standing on the authority of the word of God. I'm standing upon the authority of his blood. I'm standing upon the authority of his spirit, of his name, of his power, of his wisdom, of his plan, of his providence. Hallelujah. Now I can testify and evangelize and tell somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join yourself to this chariot, begin where they are, and preach Jesus. He began to preach Jesus from the prophet Isaiah. And when he is preaching, the Bible said, they went on their way. And as they did, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? See, if you're going to preach Jesus, you have to preach Jesus to the point of being baptized into Jesus. That's where it leads, ladies and gentlemen. He's not just, a, he's not just an amazing character of the Bible. He's not just this amazing figure on history stage. He is the salvation of man's soul. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he takes away that sin by, by letting us be baptized into his body. Hallelujah. And becoming our mediator between God and men and being the advocate with the Father. He is the one who wraps his blamelessness around us. He wraps his innocence around us. Hallelujah. He wraps his glory around us. And when we stand before God, our salvation is that we're in him. So when you preach Jesus, don't simply talk about Jesus, but explain that it is by being baptized into Jesus. That we find our innocence and our blamelessness. And so Philip shows us, that great evangelist, shows us that when you preach Jesus, it will prick the heart of the people. And they will say, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Notice what Peter preached while the Holy Ghost was moving. Peter didn't get up on the day of Pentecost. They said, what meaneth this? We do hear these men speak in our own languages wherein we were born. What does this mean? And, and they're starting to get nervous. Peter didn't get up with the Reader's Digest and say, hey, everybody, look. He didn't Google great sermons for Pentecost Sunday. He just got up and preached Jesus. He preached Jesus from the prophet Joel. He preached Jesus from the prophet David. He preached Jesus through and through, inside and out. And when he finished preaching, the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. And they had a question like the Ethiopian eunuch had a question. What shall we do? You know what he did on, at Cornelius' house? That was to the Jews on Pentecost uh, Sunday. And in Acts chapter 8, it was to the Samaritans. But in Acts chapter 10, it was to the Italians, the Gentiles, who, who were, were, as far as the Jews were concerned, had no access to the covenant of faith. But Peter got up 
at the house of Cornelius, and again, he preached Jesus. And when he preached Jesus, the Bible said, while he yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. I want you to know something. Don't don't tell me that you don't have what it takes, because it's not about you. It's about the word. I don't have what it takes. I, ha- I do not have what it takes, but I know the word has what it takes. So I preach the word. You preach the word. You share the word. You live the word. You l- exemplify the word. And the word does the work. Glory. Hallelujah. Let- let's get into that a little bit. I'm a, I'm, I want to get into that a little bit. Look at the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to look at uh, chapter 11. The book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 11, and verse number 6. Notice what the word of the Lord says. The Bible says, In the morning, sow thy seed, and in the evening, withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Verse number 5 before that, verse number 4 said, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. In other words, don't be intimidated by the environment. If you're going to observe the clouds and regard the wind and, and, and think, well, no, the, the climate isn't right, and the, the, the clouds, it's just too cloudy, and the winds, you got to... See which way the wind is blowing. You're never going to sow anything and you're never going to reap anything. But if you will just simply obey the word of the Lord and sow the seed, you'll reap the harvest. Verse 5. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. So you cannot approach this with your logical mind and say, say, I, I, I just, I don't have what it takes. That is observing the wind. You can't approach this with your rational thinking and say, say, they'll never receive it because they're, they're just, I know them and they are too hardened and too callous. They'll never receive the word of God. That is regarding the clouds. And if you observe the wind and regard the clouds, you'll never sow and you'll never reap. But if you'll say, I don't care if it's a thunderstorm and they're the coldest, hardcore sinner I've ever met in my life. I'm going to sow this seed. Hallelujah. You don't know the ways of the Spirit. You don't know the ways of God who maketh all. God can do a work where, where everything in you says he can't. But God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. And God enjoys doing what nobody thinks he can do. Hallelujah. God enjoys being able to step into circumstances that everybody else has written off, that everybody else says are impossible, and operate in a way that blows people's minds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has turned the most difficult of circumstances around for his glory. He'll do it again if somebody will believe him, if somebody will trust him, if somebody will say, Lord, I trust you. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hallelujah. 
you sow, sow, sow. And if you'll sow, you'll reap. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I, 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 notice what the scripture said. The scripture said, in the morning, sow thy seed. He didn't say, do it if the environment is perfect. He said, sow your seed. In the evening, withhold not thine hand. Oh, but I'm tired. Withhold not thine hand. But they'll never receive it from me. Withhold not thine hand. Because you don't know. But that God may use that one opportunity. Hallelujah. Now we know, we understand. That some of the seed from the parable. We understand. Some of the seed falls by the wayside. And the birds of the air come and, and snatch it up. Some of the seed falls upon thorny ground. And the cares of this life, like thorns, choke it. Once it grows a little bit, we understand that some of it falls on shallow ground. And there's not depth of earth enough for the seed to take root. But some seed falls on good ground. Some seed falls on good ground. Amen. I know Brother Purdy wouldn't mind me sharing this because he's an evangelist. Uh, just an anointed evangel of fire and and, uh, but, but, but before he got baptized in Jesus' name, his wife, Sister Purdy, was praying for him, fasting for him. And I remember the conversation where he came to me and said, uh, Pastor Urshan, uh, I've been listening to podcasts. I've been attending some services. And he said, I just want you to know, I see baptism in Jesus' name. He said, I'm just not going to do it. Because he said, it's just, I just don't believe that it's necessary. I, I do see it. And I don't, but I've, you know, I've been baptized a different way and I just, I'm not going to do it. And I, I don't know what to say to that except, okay, you know. And um, he was very nice, very nice. And he couldn't get mad. It was just so nice. I was like, all right, okay. And, and uh, good to see and I appreciate your ministry. I'm just not going to do it. And so, okay. <laughs> and, and so that was that. And so a couple Sundays later, I was preaching a message, and, and, and the Lord had moved on my heart to really emphasize baptism. And I, I, was, I, was, I was likening uh, the, the Red Sea to baptism in Jesus' name. And I was likening the promised land to the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I was talking about you got to pass through the waters, and then God's got a promise for you. And, and I was really focusing on uh, when you pass through those waters, uh, God will do to your sins what he did to the Egyptian armies. He cast them into the sea. The horse and the rider hath he cast into the sea. And the Lord moved on me and said, now you go ahead and open it up for baptism and you just wait for an uncomfortable amount of time for somebody to come forward and be baptized. And I was like, all right. And I knew who it was going to be. I had my eye on him. I saw him over there. I knew who it was going to be. It was... It was some guy who was a visitor, and I thought, yep, he's going to go down today in the name of Jesus. And I had my eye on it. I knew it wasn't going to be Mark Purdy because he already told me that he wasn't going to be baptized. So I knew, I had my eye on this guy. Yep, he's going. But in the evening, withhold not thy hand. In the morning, sow thy seed. And when I made the plea for somebody to come and be baptized in Jesus' name, I was watching this guy out of my peripheral. But here came Brother Mark Purdy down the middle aisle and said, I want to be baptized. See, you don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what God is going to do. In the morning, sow thy seed. In the evening, withhold not thy hand. Open up your mouth. Preach the word. Cry loud. Spare not.
<laughs> Hallelujah. But I want you to know, his wife was on an extended fast. He didn't know it, but she was fasting and praying, fasting and praying. Several, multiple days of fasting and praying. He didn't have a chance. Hallelujah. He had said, I'm not going to do it, but the fasting and praying was going on. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When you fast and pray, God moves on things that we can't move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, got, I just got to share this part of the testimony because it's, it's one of my favorite. It was a couple months later that I was in Columbus, Ohio, and I was teaching leadership at a, a church in Columbus, Ohio. And I got done teaching for about three or four hours. We taught, and, and I finished, and, and I sat down, and the pastor got up. It was just Saturday teaching on leadership, and we weren't like, we didn't, we weren't shouting, we weren't singing uh, a fast-paced song. I was just, we were just teaching leadership, and the pastor got up and said, well, we're going to close out in prayer, but before we do, Scott, you told me you wanted the Holy Ghost. If you'll come up here right now, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And I thought, he will? I thought, <laughs> I thought we were about to go eat. What in the world? This uh, threw me a curveball. I no, all this was about to happen. And, and Scott comes walking up to the front of the church. We laid hands on him, and in three minutes, he was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. <laughs> Hallelujah. I preached, I preached for them the next day, and, 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 I, and, and that Sunday evening, I made a beeline back to Cincinnati to get back in time for our service. And I walked in, service had already begun, and, and I just wanted to share with you all what had happened in Columbus. So I got up on that Sunday night, interrupted worship service, and said, I just want to tell you what happened. Now, I taught leadership, and we got done. The pastor was going to close out in prayer. Looked at some guy in the back, told him, if you'll come up right now, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And he came up, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost, and that was awesome. And I said, you know what, I bet God could do that same thing for us. I wonder if there's ever any time somebody just come up in the middle of service and God fill them with the Holy Ghost. And here came Mark Purdy up the middle aisle. I said, all right. It's about to happen like that. The whole church gathered around him and before long he was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. He opened up his eyes and he said, man, it took the whole church to pray me through to the Holy Ghost. And now he's an anointed evangel of fire. Hallelujah. God uses him. Hallelujah. In a powerful way to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, my friend, keep on praying and keep on fasting and keep on teaching and keep on reaching. Don't stop. God will do the work. God will save the soul. And don't let the issues of your life distract you from personal evangelism. Don't you know that's what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to beat you down so bad. He's trying to discourage you so badly because he knows you are an able minister of the New Testament and he doesn't want you to open up your mouth and be an ambassador for Christ. But too bad, devil, we're anointed of God to preach the gospel. We're anointed of God to reach the lost and we're going to do it in Jesus' name. We're going to do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Who's on your heart? Who's on your mind? Who are you thinking about right now? Get ready with hold not thy hand.
in the morning sow thy seed. Hallelujah. Psalm 126. Hallelujah. Verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth. Hallelujah. Bearing precious seed shall doubtless. Hallelujah. There's a word we need to get a hold of. Shall doubtless. Hallelujah. Come on, tree of life. You let that word get down deep into your soul. Doubtless. Doubtless. When we preach, we need to preach doubtless. When we sing, we need to sing doubtless. When we pray, we need to pray doubtless. When we fast, we need to fast doubtless. When you go bearing precious seed, you shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. See, Paul said, one planteth and another watereth. But God giveth the increase. The planting is the preaching of the word. But the watering is weeping. When the word is sung. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. When the word is sown into the hearts of somebody. You you have sown the seed. But when you begin to weep over them and pray over them and fast for them, that's watering the seed. Hallelujah. God, 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 the same God that thundered on Mount Sinai, God, the same God, hallelujah, who shut the mouths of Daniel's lion's den, God, God, God giveth the increase. God will do it. You don't have to do it. God will do it. God will give the increase. Hallelujah. God will give, hallelujah, the increase. Notice what the word of the Lord said. Two final points and I'm coming to a close. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I'm, gonna, I'm going to hasten because it's, it's important that we receive the word of the Lord tonight. Luke chapter 10 verse number 30 gives us the great example of what personal evangelism really is. Number one, number one. Be a living epistle read and known of all men. Two, join yourself to their journey. Three, Luke chapter 10, verse number 30. The scripture says, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. That's our world. By chance there came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. That's religion. That's religion. Religion cannot help this broken world. We must not be relegated to being a religious institution. We have to be the tree of life. A Levite, when he was at the place, came, looked on him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He went to him. You hear me? He went to him. He went to him and bound up his wounds. Hallelujah. The Bible says 
that he poured in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to an end, took care of him. Do you see how he is, how he is assuming the burden of this man? On the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the Thebes? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, and here are the five most important words of this story. Go and do thou likewise. Hallelujah. How many people have you walked by half dead? Half dead. How many people have you walked by broken and beaten and wounded because they took the wrong path? God forbid that we ever be that Pharisee who said, thank God I'm not like them. But let's be the good Samaritan who, who goes to where they are. And binds them up and has compassion. And you got to have some oil and you got to have some wine. You hear me? You got to have some oil and you got to have some wine. You need Holy Ghost anointing. You need Holy Ghost anointing. That's why you need to be in the house of God. Because you need to have your tank refilled. You got to have, you got to be prayed up, prayed through. So that when you see somebody half dead, you're not more half dead than they are. You're an able minister of the New Testament. You are an able minister of the New Testament. Go to them. Have compassion on them. Bind up their wounds. Pour in Holy Ghost anointing. Take care of them. Somebody's, somebody's in your mind right now. And I want the Lord to minister to you right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody's in your mind right now. One final passage of scripture. Acts chapter 18. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wrap it up here from Acts chapter 18. And we're going to read from verse 24. This, some powerful words spoken about a man. Many of you know people like this. Acts chapter 18 verse 24. A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria. Listen, an eloquent man. Listen to this. Mighty in the scriptures. Eloquent and mighty in the scriptures. He came to Ephesus. Listen to this. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord. Listen to this. He was fervent in the spirit. Listen to this. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. Now that's where a lot of people stop when they look at somebody. They say, oh, he's fine. Because he's eloquent. He's mighty in the scriptures. He He's fervent in the spirit. He speaks and teaches diligently the things of the Lord. Well, if he's not going to heaven, I don't know who is. But he only knew the baptism of John. So, so, so listen, apostolic Pentecostal people. Stop looking at people who only know a certain way and feeling like they already have everything they need. Stop looking at them and thinking, well, they might be superior to me because they seem to be mighty in the scriptures, eloquent, fervent in the spirit, speaking and teaching diligently the things of the Lord. But they only know the baptism of John. So notice what the Bible says. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla heard. 
they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Glory to God. This is not the time for you to look at people who have a religious experience and consider that they don't need to know the way of God more perfectly because you're so impressed by what they do have. We are able ministers of the New Testament. And one thing that this world needs desperately, ladies and gentlemen, that, 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 that they've been deceived by the enemy. They don't realize they need to be buried in the name of Jesus Christ. They don't realize that they are, they, they are missing out on the gift of the Holy Ghost. They don't realize that except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We have a job to do. We have to preach the gospel to every creature. We have to expound the way of God more perfectly. Hallelujah. Just, it, it, we're not casting stones when we tell somebody, as, as Paul found, just as Aquila and Priscilla found Apollos, who, as I mentioned, had this amazing pedigree, but still did not know the way of God as perfectly as he needed to. Paul, in the very next verse, Paul is passing through Ephesus, the upper coast of Ephesus, and finds certain disciples and when he finds these certain disciples in Acts chapter 19, he says, whose disciples are you? They say, we're John's disciples. He said, oh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Don't, don't think that just because somebody believes that they don't need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm ready. I'm ready to go win this city, folks. I'm ready to go win this city. We've got a gospel to share. Hallelujah. We've got healing balm to apply. Come on, get ready to be a living epistle, read and known of all men. Get ready to join yourself to their chariot. Get ready to minister to them at their point of their need like the good Samaritan. And get ready to expound the way of God. Hallelujah. Get ready to expound the way of God. You don't have to be haughty. Do not be haughty. Don't be, don't be feeling like you're holier than everybody. Don't feel like, like you're better than other people. And if you'll be in prayer and weeping tears of fasting and prayer, God will humble you. You won't come across that way. You won't, you won't have that kind of an effect on people. You will be a genuine, able minister of the New Testament. How many want that anointing upon your life? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to stand to our feet right now in the presence of the Lord and ask God to, to anoint us afresh. Hallelujah. With the ability to minister the New Testament salvation. There is a New Testament salvation. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. That's it. Go ahead and lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, help me. Help me, I pray in the name of Jesus. Help me, I pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. Go ahead and praise Him right now. Go ahead and praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, there's somebody in your mind right now. There's somebody in your mind. Somebody that's struggling. Somebody that needs Jesus. I want you to let the Lord minister through you to them. Hallelujah. Ask God to anoint you. Ask God to anoint you. Ask God to anoint you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Ask God to anoint you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, all across this building. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many believe God for revival? How many believe God for a Holy Ghost revival? We're in the middle of a Holy Ghost revival. All we've got to do is sow the seed. Sow the seed. Put the seed out there. Put the seed out there. Hallelujah. Put the seed out there. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know how, you know how trees are planted? Trees, many trees just plant because a seed falls off the tree. Lands on the ground. And, and when that seed lands on good ground and survives, it comes up as its own tree. Hallelujah. That's what happens at the tree of life. Let the seed fall everywhere you go. Let the seed fall everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, here's the thing about the fruit of the Spirit. The seed is in the fruit. So, so we're going we're gonna, to, in January, Brother Colbreth is going to teach us how to teach home Bible studies. And that's, and that's the most effective way to personally evangelize. To take deliberate steps to personally evangelize. But, but if you don't have time in that five or ten minutes you have with somebody to set up a search for truth chart, let the seed come through the fruit of the Spirit. Glory. The seed is in the love you show. The seed is in the gentleness you exhibit. Glory to God. Let them know. Hallelujah. Listen, let them know about the Tree of Life Church. Hallelujah. Let them know there's more where that came from. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're mean and nasty, don't tell them you go to the Tree of Life Church. <laughs> but if you're, but if you're, if you're showing the love of God, hallelujah, it's going to do something to their soul. It's going to do something to their soul. I wonder if we could weep some tears for some lost souls right now. Come on, have you grown unfamiliar with the term lost souls? Have you grown unfamiliar with that term? Or is everybody saved nowadays? Or is everybody saved nowadays? You've got to reacquaint yourself with a burden for the lost, the lost, the lost, and the broken. Come on, can we take a few minutes right now and pray for the lost in Jesus' name? Can we pray for the lost right now in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, pray for them, pray for them. Call their names out, co-workers, family members, loved ones, friends. Hallelujah, call their name out right now. Let's fill this house with prayer for the lost. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's call, call the name out in the name of Jesus. Pray for him right now. Pray for him right now. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I need you, Jesus, to move. I need you, Jesus, to move in this house, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the power of the, the Holy, Holy Ghost fall on me. Anointing fall. Come on, go ahead. Go ahead and pray for him right now in the name of Jesus. Whoa. 